welcome back to another episode of the enigma of mental health with me sia and today i have a very special guest with me again and her name is rithika so rithika go share your story and tell us what you've been through tell us your journey with mental health hi so you already know my name it's rithika I would say my mental health currently is actually pretty good so keep that in mind as I share my story I'm amazing please don't report me but um I would say my mental health started spiraling pretty young I was about I think 7 or 8 and it started with my parents separation like it's very common for a uh, kids to be you know affected negatively because of their parents divorce separation whatever you call it yeah but as a kid you just have a very specific image of your parents being together being happy and you never really notice the problems they have and uh when i was young we used to live in a two bedroom apartment so my brother and i would share a room and my parents would have the other and one day when i was 7 or 8 my mother just moved out of that room and into the one i'm currently in and it was three people staying in one room and i don't know what happened exactly like i don't want to get into that but you know they both said some things and my brother and i would listen outside the door and yes that's an invasion of privacy but when you're young you don't know what's happening exactly. you you're just like why are my parents yelling i just want to eat cake and play badminton yeah and hear my parents just screaming so that uh like affected me like pretty badly because even when i decided to move with my mother to jakarta like my dad said some very hurtful things about about me going with my mother he didn't agree with that decision and I think that's where my um insecurity for abandonment began. Like I just became so scared of that because of the things that he said. And so when I moved here, I just tried my best to make my mother happy, but she was a teacher in a school that I was studying at. So from a very young age, I was made very aware that I was replaceable. And for a kid especially for me i was just used to being the center of attention in my family at school i would partake in as many extracurricular activities as i could and suddenly i was here and it was like um never mind you are just supposed to stay in the shadow of everyone else and at first i was honestly fine with that because i didn't have many friends but you know as you slowly start making friends you want to do the same things that your friends did and the first two years of everything was actually fine i was i was my mental health was okay i'd say but like it wasn't the best like now that i'm older and i reflect back i had very unhealthy coping mechanisms i was scared of getting hurt by the people around me that I chose to hurt them instead. And I've apologized to everyone since yeah. after like what I've done. And I was a bully 
well, I, when I was a kid. I'm ashamed of it, but that's what I was. I hurt people on purpose. Like, I somehow figured out how to manipulate people into telling me, like, their vulnerable secrets, fears, all of that. And yeah. I would exploit that. I would, as long as they did what I was a control freak, and as long as they did what I wanted, everything was good. But the second that they did something that would upset me, it would just all burst. Yeah. And that was very unhealthy, obviously, as a kid. And now that I'm older, I'm aware of that. But back then, I was just like, I'm so tough. This is amazing. Like, oh, yeah, I'm powerful. Yeah. But as I became older, that just turned into me being a disrespectful brat. Especially as I entered middle school. Grade 7, I'd probably say my behaviors weren't like, uh, you know, if a 9-year-old is caught pulling someone else's leg, it's more forgivable than a 12-year-old exploiting her classmates' fears or like cyberbullying, just saying mean stuff. Yeah, because so, at that age, like, they expect you to be mature. Yeah, exactly. And I expected myself to be mature as well. Yeah. But I wasn't. Everything, my logic was that as long as my grades are perfect and up to standard, I can just get away with everything, which is clearly really, really bad. And once I was made aware of that, my mental health just, you know, took a leap off a cliff, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, a certain somebody at my uh, old school kind of just made me feel terrible about myself. Like, this was like four years in, in three years, three, four, my yeah. math was bad. Three <laughs> to four years into me living in Jakarta. So, I had forgotten the whole, you know, your mother is a teacher. Everything you do is a reflection of the school that you're in and is a reflection of your parents' teachings. I'd forgotten about that, actually. And I was like, you know, I can get away with everything I want. But once I was reminded of it, I I started developing curves and, like, you know, things that happen when you go through puberty. And I couldn't wear certain clothes anymore. And I was essentially body shamed. And for a 12-year-old to be body shamed by someone who shouldn't have a say in your life is just wrong, I would say. Exactly. No, I completely agree. Because that, exactly, because that, the thing certain people said to me, teachers said to me, have stuck with me till this day. And that was just not good for me. And honestly, I didn't see anything wrong with what I was wearing or what I was doing. But they just made it seem like it was and convinced me that I was wrong. I constantly apologized for things that I did not do that I was not the wrong in. And when I realized that and I refused to apologize, it just created like this whole dynamic of she's rude to her teachers. She doesn't want to listen to people. She's being disrespectful and rude and dishonest. And it just created 
a really bad scenario for me at school and for me at home because uh, the teachers would talk to my mom and my mom would yell at me and say these horrible things. And when you're 12 years old and your mom says certain things to you, you just feel like you've become a huge burden on her, a person who's given you everything you want in your life, who's worked so hard and sacrificed so much for you, and you're just becoming this huge burden on her. So I started thinking what I like to call a waste of human resources. And I was just in a really bad place because every day I would go to school and I had taken up Buddhism at that time. So I would chant that I will not get in trouble. I will stay strong. But that just didn't happen. Somehow every single day I would mess up. I would be called to the office. I would be yelled at, I would be screamed, my mother would be called. And it was just really bad, you know. And on top of that, I remember once things got so bad, I had a panic attack in school, outside of my classroom. <laughs> and it was just bad. I'm pretty sure people remember this because it was just me in a, I like ran to the toilet and I was just like, lying on like the toilet floor like you know the space between the stalls is just lying there having a panic attack yeah and because of uh, all of that i developed unhealthy coping mechanisms if you will you know yeah i think we know what that means and i think i think you will agree with me when i say this that like the reason why people did this to you the reason why you were called to the office and they were less lenient with you, I think was yeah. obviously because of what you've been through. Because that in the society is looked like as if the biggest sin, you know? Yeah. No, it isn't even about that. You know, when I was 12 years old and I remember this most like vivid memory of why I was almost suspended because another kid put food coloring in my water bottle and when I went to fill it, the entire bottle was green, but I couldn't see it. So when I drank, I remember everyone laughing at me and I was like, what, what's happening? And then drops of food coloring fell on my white school shirt and I spit out the water onto the dispenser. And I was threatened with suspension just for that. Even though you, they could have literally just taken a wet cloth and wiped off the food coloring, they made it into such an ordeal. That was one of the incidents. Another incident was when I used to do Taekwondo. And um, after school, sometimes I would just be lazy and I didn't want to walk all the way home because I'm fat, I'm tired, I want to just sleep. Plus, I think this was around the time when my dad was in Jakarta to visit. So I had to go from school to his hotel. And I took a grab and I was, again, 12. And for some reason, that was a huge deal. And it was made to seem that I had skipped school. I had lied to my uh, teachers and gone to hang out with friends at the mall. Even though that is not what happened. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it is. And again, there were so many stories. Exactly. You've heard the rumor. Yeah. 
but that is not what happened you know that's just not it but it was made to seem that it was and nobody believed me my mom did but was going to listen to her she's just a teacher you know an entire school like how long could she support me so things just became again bad at home and i started cutting myself and i know that i shouldn't have i still bear the scars of what i did till today and my parents well, my mom is aware of what i did but i was just so hurt that every single day when i walked into a place of education instead of actually teaching me important things that might help me in life they were picking on me making me feel inferior and just making the whole environment toxic and i was so hurt by that that i started cutting myself because my logic was that to distract from the pain inside my heart i would physically cut myself so that mentally i would have some peace that, that is um actually one that's lot. messed up for 12 yeah years. exactly that's very messed up i mean you were just 12 and to yeah. go through something like that to reach to a point where you had to cut yourself self harm mm-hmm. at 12 years old wow it's it's just i can imagine exactly the kind of toxic environment you're talking about i can simply because well i know <laughs> kind of exactly yeah, but <laughs> that's not the point like i was given many opportunities but also like on a day to day basis it was toxic yeah basis not basic <laughs> on a day to day basis <laughs> yeah i get that completely i don't re- honestly i don't recall the details of why i did what i did because i just think that i've just blocked that out from my memory like i genuinely do not remember but i have had three suicide attempts i don't think many people know about this but the first time one of my i just felt so alone and broken and as a 12 year old you're just like again i'm the cause of all my mother's pain why don't i just end it as i was gonna weirdly like i don't think what one of my friends texted me and was like hey you want to hang out and it was that simple of a text that made me like you know yeah let's do it yeah that was the first the person doesn't even know that they like potentially saved my life. I don't know if I would have ended it if I wouldn't have like honestly I don't think I was strong enough. I am not strong enough to or selfish not selfish like I just couldn't put my mother through that. You know it doesn't make sense if I'm the cause of her suffering, why would I kill myself and make her suffer more? Cuz I know she loves me. Yeah. That was the first time. Second time my older brother actually caught me oh again trying to end it he didn't tell my mother which i think he should have because it would have avoided a lot but that's not his fault i was like begging him don't blah blah yeah. blah so third time my mother actually uh interjected if you will 
mm-hmm. and i think that was when she just realized like what was happening yeah and you know we talked everything out but things continued to get better she obviously her mental health wasn't at its peak either so it was like i was just piling another thing onto her plate like why was i so weak that i couldn't handle something so simple why was i so weak that i was letting people's words affect me this much and again that led to some very unhealthy coping mechanisms because i just had to turn my brain off because it hurt so much every single day to breathe again not good for like a 30 i was 13 at this point i think so that was like two years ago right. again not healthy not at all not at all i mean i feel like these are just signs like for you to live you know like these yeah. coincidences like i think they constantly remind you that you have to live and yeah see like you've been through a lot you've been through a hell of a lot like honestly this is just my school life not even talking about my personal life yeah <laughs> you've been through a lot and even despite all of that to be able to come here and talk about it and you know just be so proud of where you've come now that is inspirational like it really is so the thing is i don't think i am 100% okay but there's a thing that i do i find something every day that something that's either made me happy or i've made someone else happy and i see that as a reason to live until i can see that being alive is a reason enough yeah until today i do that every single day i'm like okay so for example today it was that i helped my friends with all of their econ homework i know that's silly but i also like to think that without me they wouldn't have been helped yeah that's a reason enough <laughs> to live i don't know not silly but it's like the little and, things, you know they they matter yeah Yeah, but as a like a 12 or 13 year old, you might not necessarily think that. And honestly, I didn't think that either until I came here. When I was like 13 to almost until my 15th birthday, as you know, I used other people as my reasons like to be alive, if you will, like as a crutch. but that just made my relationships with those people so toxic because even though they were like my reason for happiness i was not theirs i was just sucking you know that meme where you see that video of that person giving like the charge to the other person yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i was doing i was sucking out all the life from these people and i became like dependent onto them because as a child growing up in a asian household you don't get love like i i know love but like you know love languages like you don't get physical touch or like words of affirmation like i'm proud of you i love you it's not 
that often and you yeah. know I still struggle with that yeah I think maybe I've said yeah I think I've said I love you to you maybe like what two times yeah three two times three times yeah yeah like full I and love you yeah it's like because it's so hard for me to say that like the idea of loving someone is just mm-hmm. I there's just something wrong with that personally maybe it's just because of what happened with my parents and like that scares me whatever mm-hmm. it may be you know and back to the unhealthy coping mechanisms I think we should yeah talk about that yeah like uh I became friends with older kids Mm-hmm. And that was never something weird for me because my brother is like six years older than me and I was like, he used to always hang out with him and his friends and everything. So when most of my friend group was three years older than me, I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I love them. But honestly, there was a lot wrong with that because everything that they were experiencing was normal for their age. The experimenting, the, you know, trying out new things. Yeah. But I think like the experimenting if you will began in the 6th grade so I was like 11. Oh for goodness. 11 year old to be doing things that a 14 year old is starting off with is again wrong. Yeah. It's messed up. But it was my coping mechanism. It was my escape like everything is so bad at home, everything is so bad in school. Mm-hmm. I just need this for a few moments of happiness like like when you're suffering a lifetime of pain yeah exactly I just don't want to think about it I want to turn my brain off mhm I'm suffering a lifetime of pain and I deserve those few moments of happiness but even then I didn't think I deserved it so I was just doing toxic things to turn my brain off yeah and to not want to think about something and you know you become so vulnerable it's like whatever you whatever opportunity you get to kind of escape the life that you have and have those few little moments yeah. you would run right exactly in. yes i would take it a hundred times over i would take it like i'm seeing this moment where i can i don't know if it's happiness or not maybe it's just fake happiness if you will but it's happiness nonetheless why wouldn't i take the opportunity to run into that when it makes me just forget everything that's happening in my life and honestly up until now most of the destructive behaviors have obviously stopped yeah. due to quarantine but sometimes obviously i still feel that I'm a waste of human resources that I shouldn't be here that I would be better off that so I still partake in some of those things just it's at this point it's actually the opposite before I would do it so I could numb myself but the thing about starting to numb yourself so young is that you actually become numb by the time you're older so then you have to partake in those destructive behaviors to feel something exactly and do you think like if you were if you had 
the chance to probably talk to someone, just sit there and talk. Someone who you could completely open up to. Would you have used this, these kind of coping mechanisms? Probably not because the people I spoke to, honestly, I didn't speak to anyone completely. And the people that I did talk to, they didn't know the whole story. Even what I'm saying now is in the whole story. But yeah. whoever, whoever knew what happened, just thought like, oh my God, you're so cool for dealing it the way you did. And honestly, when I was younger as well, I would be like, oh yeah, that's cool, I guess. Like, wow. But now it's just it's messed up. Yeah, like now you're and realizing like, that um, going through all of that is just, it's not normal. It's, yeah, because and it's, it's left, not cool. You know, like in your first episode, you talked about how bullying like made you who you are all those things obviously made me who I am but I think I could have done without it you know like it wasn't necessary yeah exactly like I feel it's difficult to like find people to talk to Mm -hmm. I feel like it is it's It's not that it was difficult for me for to have people to talk to because honestly my personal life is an open book I talk to anyone about it but it was just difficult for me to accept the fact that I needed help I was in such a deep denial that there was something wrong I was like there's nothing wrong I'm just I just matured a little early but even my brother says this I never had a childhood I genuinely never had a childhood I grew up so fast that this is all I know exactly like you know so to experience those things a normal child does and that makes you who you are but you know you take the good things from it you're strong now you're literally so strong no no one can bring you down and you're so confident (laughs) you're so confident now you now you've realized that you have to put yourself first I know sometimes that is still difficult for you. But <laughs> don't expose me like that, man. <laughs> but you're realizing it. That is what matters. Yeah, of course. And yeah. I mean, we still have so far to go where we're going to learn a lot of things. And I think you're doing great. You know, everyone's life is different. Everyone goes to Thank you. And we have to just accept that some experiences are like this and some experiences are not except everyone's experience you know because yeah exactly it affected your mental health as a kid to go through so much like i mean i can imagine how sad you must have felt like i understand completely and you deserve yeah exactly you deserve to be happy. Like, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this a hundred times over. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happy. And you deserve to live. You need to live, okay? Because so many people out I know that now. Yeah, but you know, as a kid, when, especially when you're a kid with a big personality like me, and I use, I love debate. I love acting. I just love speaking and just doing everything and expressing my ideas, whatever may be. And 
when you love being the center of attention and you love the attention and you're told that you are nothing, that you're nobody and you don't deserve the same treatment as others. Like you saw what happened, you know, yeah. we had the incident in school. Yeah. I yeah. I was, I was treated as the expendable one, the one who was easily replaceable, who wouldn't be able to fight back. And that is something that has stayed with me since I was a kid, like since fourth grade to now. It has stayed with me. And sometimes I forget that I'm a person that I deserve to be treated fairly as well because I'm just so used to not having that. Exactly. And um, I feel like if at that time, people had realized this if people had treated whatever you're going through normally and would have helped you I feel right now you would have been in a much better place exactly if people had realized that I was a 12 year old kid doing 12 year old things and I wasn't supposed to be tried like I was committing a heinous crime but rather just taking like part in childish mischief Mm -hmm. then Things would have, if I was disciplined and not told to go kill myself, it would have been better. Not that I was expect, like, outright told to, you know, go kill myself. But that is what I took away from it. That why am I alive? It's pointless. It's not worth it. That's what I learned as a 12-year-old. That living my life was not worth it. That I was not worth it. And that stayed with me through my friendships, through my relationships, like my whole social life. I was just told, I just felt insecure that I was never worth it. You're so worth Hence it. the commitment issues. Yeah. <laughs> that. Oh my God. You're so <laughs> worth it. Honestly, like we've been friends for like just a little while now. Like I would say. Yeah, it's actually been friends. over a year. Yeah, proper friends. Like before that, we were just like yeah. you know, normal acquaintances. Now we're like, yeah. eh. <laughs> so <laughs> I, mean, I just threw I've up a peace you. sign, by the way. I've just I've seen you and I've seen what you've been through, even in this year. And honestly, I learned a lot, like about you, and about what you've been through. And it just explains everything. It explains yeah. every single thing. It's like you need to listen to a person to understand the person. I think that's where most people like go wrong. They don't try to exactly. listen. Like you just have to sit there rumors, and listen. You know, they create rumors and in, even I'm guilty of creating rumors, but you don't understand how much that affects a person. That the things you say about them will shape their identity for life possibly. Yeah. That is something we as teenagers do not understand. We just think, oh yeah, it's just a silly rumor. Or that, you know, my pro- our, my problems are not big enough. There's people dying. That's what I would tell myself yeah. whenever I would be breaking down and cutting myself on my bedroom floor. I would just be like, this is the only way. Because if I ask for help, people are going to think it's childish. That it's not important. Because there's people dying out there. And my problems just did not seem significant enough. And that is where I was wrong. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what made it worse. That you would think. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. I mean, what you've been through, it's so inspirational. And I feel like everyone out there is probably facing the same problems as you. What it's would you a like cautionary to tale. Yeah. It's a cautionary tale. Yeah. You know, you should just content. speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that, you know, when you're going through something, no matter how silly you think it is, if it's driving you to these dark thoughts you should ask for help and if you're in a toxic environment like now my mom and I are in a great place I love her we talk every single day be it for like a minute just to see how we're doing and our relationship is so much better because we decided to sit down and talk about everything and this just happened like in the past May June maybe yeah but so much pain could have been avoided if we both just sat down and listened to each other. Because back then, I wasn't willing to take help. And, but when I finally did, she wasn't willing to help. You need both parties to be willing to better a relationship for it to actually work. You know, apologize to the people you've hurt. Ask yeah. forgiveness from them. Because... It's not going to cost you anything and it might actually make another person feel much better about themselves to know that you were in a dark place and you do not mean what they said. Even though it might not erase their scars, it will just help them feel a little better. Yeah, Yeah, it'll make a small difference, but any difference is worth it because that small difference could stop someone from doing what I did. Yeah, exactly. What is one yeah. thing you want to say to everyone out here who's going through like harming themselves or something very similar to yours? What would you like to tell them? Distracting yourself from the pain does not make it go away. It just hides it temporarily. And I know that must feel good in that moment to forget about your problems but you're not actually dealing with them. You're just pushing it deep inside. It's like it's like our feelings that are a volcano and you're just putting a plug on it, like a massive plug on top of like the crater. It, that's not going to do anything. It, the pressure is just going to build up and up and up until everything bursts and there's going to be pieces of you everywhere. And you're going to be more vulnerable and exposed than you ever are. So I think it's better to be the one in control and lay yourself out in just tiny increments just to like relieve yourself. Just talk to someone like, hey, you know, like I just need to talk to you for a bit. Like, I'm sorry I hurt you. This is what's been going on in my life. I would just like to talk. Yeah. So. And get help. That's the biggest one. Get help. Yeah. To end this now, I just want to ask you one last question. If there's one thing you could change about yourself, what would it be and why? I live by the philosophy that you should have no regrets in life. But if I could have changed something, it's to have developed healthier coping mechanisms. Like one that I found recently that helps a lot is reading. You know my obsession with reading. Yeah. And I would say that's a much healthier coping mechanism. Or even baking. Baking is a great one. Yeah. Because 
if you partake in destructive behaviors and turn off your brain for a moment, suddenly you're going to find that you need to partake in those same behaviors just to heal something. And that's where I'm at right now. And trust me, it's not a great feeling. And even though you might be young and be like, you know, I'm stressed with school, I'm having family problems, it's not worth it. No matter what you think, if you partake in something destructive, it's not going to make you feel better. It's not a permanent solution to any of your problems. So just don't. Pick up a book. Books are good. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, books are really good. I know. Okay. So now, I think I'm just going to sign off. Thanks, Rit, for coming here, for sharing. And You're welcome. Okay, guys, signing off. Bye-bye. See you in the next episode.